0: In Ag and Review for the week ending June 6th, we focus on policy, with first an update on the Tax Extenders Bill. As we sit right around the mid-year mark, there are a couple of important agricultural issues that Congress has yet to take significant action on. One of those is the Tax Extenders Bill that American Farm Bureau Tax Policy Specialist Pat Wolf says it's needed to reinstate a long list of tax provisions important to farmers and ranchers that expired at the end of last year.
1: We're already six months into the new year, and both the House and the Senate are on the slow path to enactment of the legislation we need to extend these provisions.
0: Those provisions include the deduction for conservation easements, the deduction for charitable contributions of food, and bonus appreciation.
1: Depreciation helps with cash flow. It allows farmers to manage their tax liabilities and it makes it easier for farmers to buy things they need to upgrade their operations and replace their equipment.
0: And while the House wants to make the expired provisions a permanent part of the tax code, Wolf says the Senate only wants to extend them for two years.
1: It's just really difficult to deal with the tax code that changes every year or every two years. But the Senate is dug in on their two-year extension and how they're going to figure it out. No one knows. But most importantly, Wolf notes. They need to get together and work out the differences so that we can have these important tax provisions now rather than later.
0: But it looks like later it will be, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid has announced a tax extenders bill will have to wait until after the November election. According to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, this delay is due to Democratic unwillingness to allow amendments. And now, Randall Wiseman has this report on the waters of the U.S. proposal.
2: Cattle rancher Jack Field of Washington State recently testified before the House Small Business Committee about this, as he, too, is concerned with this proposal.
3: We're extremely concerned that this uh, proposal will dramatically narrow the exemption for normal agricultural ranching and civic cultural activities and also create a de facto best management practice list, which would be interpreted as uh, an Ag Practices Act by taking what are currently voluntary incentive-based activities established by the National Resource Conservation District and creating those as a requirement that must be adhered to strictly as by the the letter of of the uh, practice. The concern that we have is if producers don't have an NRCS practice implemented that is listed on that prescriptive list of 56, then they would be required to obtain a, a 404 permit. I don't think any rancher has ever thought or would ever assume that there would be a need for a permit for grazing cattle in a riparian area or for installing a fence. The idea that we would have to have this level of regulation is dumbfounding. And it's going to do absolutely nothing to enhance water quality rather than, in my opinion, I think, chill producers on voluntary incentive-based conservation and have a negative impact on water quality.
2: NCBA believes the increase in liability will chill landowner participation in conservation by making the Natural Resources Conservation Service a regulatory compliance agency. And Fields said talking with NRCS folks in his state, they are extremely concerned.
3: They want to be sure that they can continue to maintain the existing non-regulatory, voluntarily incentive-based relationship that they have with producers and landowners. It's worked extremely effectively in Washington State, as it has in every other state uh, across the country. And as livestock producers, cattlemen, and folks involved in agriculture, it's essential that we maintain that voluntary compliance and that the incentives are still out there as a tool so we can continue to enhance the environment and produce high-quality food and fiber.
2: Field, the executive vice president of the Washington Cattlemen's Association, said the problem with the rule is that it gives EPA the ability to interpret what they deem to be a navigable water.
3: An ephemeral stream that drains into a stream, that drains into a navigable stream, uh, could be shown to have connectivity. Uh, There's a question whether or not uh, land lying in an adjacent area, adjacent to a creek. Say if you've got a pasture between uh, a creek and another water body, a riparian area. That riparian area could be deemed an adjacent water through connectivity, thus requiring the 404 permit. Uh, It's extremely... uh, Scary when you take a look at the impacts and and the fact that it is not clearly stated or written anywhere in the rule what is a water of the U.S. and what is not a water of the U.S. To me, by reading this, once the drop falls out of the sky, EPA has every intention of regulating it.
2: The National Cattlemen's Beef Association believes the proposed definition of waters of the U.S. expands federal jurisdiction to all waters across the country, subjecting landowners to increased regulations and fines. The comment deadline on this proposed rule is July 21st.
0: And speaking of the Waters of the U.S. proposal, some farmers are using social media to bring more attention to the issue. Here's the report. The movie Frozen has captured the hearts of children and families across the U.S., especially with its song, Let It Go. And now one farm family from Missouri decided to use that song as a way to draw attention to an issue that could affect their livelihood. The Environmental Protection Agency's proposed Waters of the U.S. rule. The proposal is frustrating farmers and ranchers across the country, and Andy says if implemented, could prevent him from passing his 7th generation farm on to his children.
3: We as farmers can't afford to wait on permits to plant our corn or soybeans or move our livestock from field to field. And with the potential of a $37,000 a day fine by the EPA, there's been years that we haven't even made that in a whole year. It has a huge impact to us as a family farm business, but also to everyone in the general public.
0: So the Clays decided to voice their frustrations with the proposal through a parody of the movie soundtrack, Let It Go, that they call That's Enough. The song features Andy's wife, Casey.
1: The video is very comical, but we have a lot of information in the video.
0: Andy and Casey hope the video inspires folks to talk to their members of Congress. We want the people
1: that are not in the farming industry to understand how this is going to affect them as well. We definitely want to spread the word. We want people to ask questions so they understand where we're coming from on the issue.
0: Search for That's Enough Let It Go Parody on YouTube. And don't forget you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie Magpeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.